0: My name is Tara and I'm always searching for the connection between all kinds of people. Given the current landscape, we often feel divided amongst each other. It is inspiring to find the commonality amongst each other. My next guest made one of the ultimate sacrifices and served in our armed forces. For today's episode, we will be talking about his experience in the armed forces and how those lessons prepared him for life personally and professionally. Please welcome my guest, Joe Adams. So thanks for joining me, Joe.
1: Wow. Thank, thank you for that, Tara. I'm glad to be here.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited for you to be here and share with the audience and just your um journey. I, I find it very inspiring and I feel like the audience will also find it very inspiring as well. So thanks. Well, let's go ahead and just get straight to the chase here. Share with us, what is your specific title at Ohio Health and what department do you work in?
1: Yeah, great. I've been with Ohio Health for about five and a half years, and I work in our learning department, so I'm a manager of learning. Specifically, I get the opportunity to manage our learning simulation team, as well as our new associate orientation, and just a few other smaller programs for Ohio Health.
0: That's really awesome. So it sounds like you get to do a lot of uh, fun, creative things within the learning department, so I'm excited to explore that a little bit more with you. Um, But before we deep dive into that, as I mentioned in my intro, you did serve in the armed forces. So on behalf of everyone in the U.S. of A., thank you for the ultimate sacrifice and for serving our country and keeping us safe. So with that, um, please share with us just your background in the military.
1: Yeah, uh, well, thanks. Thank you for that. Um, I enlisted in the Air Force right out of high school so graduated high school in 94 may of that year enlisted went in in july uh, served for 20 years in the air force and was primarily medical most of my career i spent uh, was when i enlisted i was given the job of uh, medical laboratory technician so okay. the first six years i worked in a medical laboratory running the blood samples, whatever cultures, just whatever was needed uh, in different roles within the, the medical laboratory. Then I was selected to teach leadership development for our frontline leaders, our new supervisors. Oh, wow. So, so, yeah, I got to spend three years teaching that. And then after that, Tara, it was a variety of different assignments and roles Uh, progressing in responsibility, culminating in, I got to lead a leadership development school. So I had a a cadre of five instructors working for me. Um, Highlight there, we were selected school of the year for the Air Force. So that that was a, a great honor. And then after that, I finished as a, we call them squadron superintendents. So I was in charge of all the enlisted members, for medical for a hospital lab pharmacy radiology and logistics teams
0: dang well that's really awesome so to keep within that same realm as well was there any sort of driving force that made you decide to go into the military or the air force specifically then
1: yeah there was a few first and foremost um the the idea to serve the country and I uh, love, very, I'm very patriotic, I love our way of life, and wanted to contribute to that. Sure. And the initial thought was I would go in for four years, get money for college, get the GI Bill, and then I would get out. So a career was, was never really, um, was not the the in, initial intent. Okay. But uh, it, it just worked out that way. There was no money for college for me, so it was to Give back to our country, but then also give money for college. And once I was in, I loved it. It was a rewarding job, uh, and there was no reason to get out.
0: There you go. That's really, like I said, that's just really awesome and inspiring to hear that too. And I I can't thank you enough too for making that sacrifice and just keeping our country safe as well. So I just, I always want to reiterate that every time I'm talking to someone that was in the armed forces. So thank you. Yeah. So keeping in that same realm then of the air force and armed forces then, what has been your greatest takeaway when you were in the military and how have you been applying that to either your uh, life professionally or personally since then?
1: Yeah. Wow. Great question. And, you know, reflecting on it, I think my biggest takeaway is perspective and part of, well, while I was serving, I spent six months in Iraq and working in a field hospital uh, in a war zone really changes your perspective on a lot of things. And to be able to have that perspective and the value of, life and sacrifice and all of that um, really m- drives a lot of my decisions it drives a lot of my reactions to um, issues that may come up today and even this pandemic that we're going through now yeah uh, to be able to be uh, told hey stay at home sit on your couch for a couple months uh, a lot of people are struggling with it and for me I'm like you know this is much better than going to Iraq. So I can sit here if that's what the country needs of me right now. (laughs) Right. So so I I think perspective is the, the big takeaway that I often reflect on.
0: That's a very good point, too, because I feel like you really don't understand or get a new perspective until you face that situation as well. And that's just a very good mindset to have just for life in and, and general as well. Just a lot of deep thinking and, and perspective and trying to understand where the other person is coming from or what they've experienced, too. Absolutely.
1: So
0: that's a very good point there. Perfect. So now that we have uh, taken a deep dive into your military, then let's transition from that to your current career at Ohio Health so I guess with the audience to just share your journey and how you ended up at Ohio health and got to where you are now.
1: Yeah. Uh, grace of God, uh, is how I got here. I think. <laughs> um, so a, a cool story. When we, when I retired from the military, I say we, because my wife was with me through the whole time. She, she didn't serve, but I always say when we retired. So <laughs> when we, when we retired, we, took about five, six months off. Didn't work. We traveled the country with our kids, uh, homeschooled them.
0: And anyway,
1: while we were traveling, she was homeschooling the kids and I was, uh, about three months into the journey. I started looking for where my next role would, would come. Okay. uh, or where it would lead us. And we always knew we wanted to come back to Ohio and Uh, Found a job at Ohio Health as a a learning consultant, applied, went through the interview process, and was lucky enough to be hired. And since, since that time, it's just been really a roller coaster. I spent six months as the learning consultant and then was moved into a manager of learning role, managing our logistics team. Had a phenomenal team there, made some really good hires brought in um, more great people to our team and then after about two and a half years there it was uh it was time for a change and my director at the time asked me if i'd be interested in medical simulation didn't know what it was didn't have a clue but was ready for that change and said sure let's go and Moved over to the current role, and then like I said earlier, a few other things have been added since then, Uh, primarily more great people and just the support of a phenomenal team has led us to do great things.
0: Wow. I mean, that's awesome as well. Just kind of like how you were able to wear a lot of hats when you were in the military as well. sounds like you've been able to do the same thing within Ohio Health as well and get to work with phenomenal teams and just make those connections as well. So real quick, when you were sharing your story there, you mentioned medical simulation. So I'm assuming most of our audience doesn't even have a clue of what simulation is even like or what it even consists of. So just real brief then, like what would be your elevator speech about simulation how would you best describe it
1: yeah great question it is taking real life scenarios for medical procedures but doing them in a training environment in a safe environment people are able to practice and mimic real life surgeries or procedures but in a safe environment and we provide that safe environment for people to train and practice before we put them in a room to do those procedures on humans.
0: Right. I mean, and that's very reassuring too, because I feel like especially with the medical field always changing with the technology and procedures, it's just reassuring as a patient knowing I'm going to go in there and that doctor or medical professional is hopefully trained the best way that they can be and everything goes well. So That's a very big task, but that's also, I feel like a very interesting piece within the medical field as well. I didn't really know about until I started working at Ohio health. I didn't even know that area existed. So that's just really cool to see what you guys do.
1: Yeah. It's something different all the time. They'll make a request, Hey, we want to do this procedure. And my team, we go to work to figure out how we can create it to where it's as close to lifelike as possible. And then, uh, train them on the procedures and like you when when the director asked me if i wanted to manage the team i really didn't know exactly what it was but i knew there was a great team already in place and my job was just to come in and help lead that team and it's been very successful
0: well that's super awesome to hear that so Yeah, thank you for sharing that as well. So like I feel like I mentioned most of the audience won't even know what simulation is and hopefully that piques a lot of people's interest to look further into it or maybe even as a career too. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, So with still in the career and professional realm as well, have you had any fork in the road moments within your current or past careers? And if so, how did you come to that tough decision and what that thought process was like?
1: Wow. Yeah, I think everybody has those fork in a road uh, moments where you have to to make that decision and I have had my opportunity to have several of them. So to come to the decision it is first and foremost it's a lot of a lot of prayer, a lot of reflecting, talking with my wife, talking with some mentors and just really weighing what what the decisions are and what's next for me and where where, which path is going to be best for me to choose i can tell you tara through this and thinking about different forks in the road for whatever reason i find myself always gravitating to the one that's most uncomfortable uh, that's going to be the most difficult and in doing that it's generated the most growth for me so that's. How I've, when I get those work in the road moments, that's how I I think my way through them. And like I said, ultimately, the majority of them end up with what's going to challenge me the most and where I can hopefully eventually have a bigger impact.
0: Right. That's a very good point you bring up as well. There could be a lot of uncomfortableness or even anxiety going down. What is that famous quote? The road less travel because you're not familiar um, with it. but We all know in the learning department, that's how you're going to learn and grow from it. There's always going to be speed bumps. There's always going to be the fear of the unknown with that cloud over your head as well. I feel like I've experienced that too within my career, but it's always led us, it seems like for both of us to just a great path and just to create our own course. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think anything that's going to help us grow as a person, as a professional, the only way to do that is to become uncomfortable. So a lot of times those fork in the road moments, there's an easy path and one that's a little more difficult. And that more difficult one will generate more success down the road for us than a lot of times the easier path will.
0: Right. Absolutely. So with that mindset as well, what advice would you give to somebody that's looking to move up the corporate ladder like myself or anybody in the audience listening as well? What's been your personal experience and advice with that? Wow. Right? <laughs> do, the,
1: do the right thing for the right reason. There was uh, one of my leaders in the military always used that phrase, do the right thing for the right reason and things will work out. But on top of that, Tara, I would say nothing is insignificant. Every email that we send, every interaction, every customer that we help, every one of those interactions has the potential to lead us to the next rung on that corporate ladder. And so to treat everything, every interaction as just as important as if you're talking to the CEO, that's what builds that rapport, builds those relationships, that credibility that leads to, like I said, on up. But the important thing is to remember that no ladder will ever stand on its own. Every ladder needs either support or an A-frame, but that's that support is so critical. And for us trying to climb a corporate ladder, that support can come from mentors, uh, managers, peers, all of that. But And then once you become in a leadership role, that support is the team around us. And nobody can climb the corporate ladder by themselves. It, it takes a village to get there and to me that's what I think is so key
0: right you're absolutely right on that and I'm glad I learned now um, rather than later or it's taken me some time to learn it Um, but you're definitely right about the whole support and networking as well I feel like early on in my career I didn't really utilize that and it took me some time to build up the support and the networking skills because it's not only about what you know, it's also who you know as well to help you move up that ladder and keep that ladder supported essentially as how you described it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We never know what situation is going to come at us. So to have that support system with a wide range of experiences and people there that we can call on to get the guidance, the mentorship, I, I think is so key. And then same way, once you're there in that manager or leader role to remember that it's your team that's supporting you and it's your team that's helping you continue to grow so you can't go anywhere without the team
0: right you that's another good point as well it's like the people that were there for you since day one once you do move up you don't want to abandon them because then your whole support system's gone too you know what I mean so it's just very key in having that strong support system and just continuing to network and even look outside of your department as well. That's always helped me out too at Ohio Health. So that's awesome to know. So that's actually the perfect segue to my last question then. So I feel like regardless of what position you have, your title, how far up or down you are in that career ladder, in your personal experience, what do you think is a characteristic that all leaders or managers should possess in the workforce?
1: Never forget where you came from, and you know, with that, I I think it's great to have a lot of pride and what you've accomplished and where you are as a leader, but you also have to have that humility to remember where you came from and to know that what you have as that leader can be taken away in a moment's notice. So, um, the pride and happiness and satisfaction of what all you've accomplished, I think is key. But to have that also, the humility that comes along, should come along with it to remember where you came from. And when you're there, the next, the best thing that a manager can do or leader can do is reach their hand down to pull other people up with them. Too many leaders get to that point and they keep their hands up looking for somebody to continue to pull them but uh, the best leaders have the hand down trying to pull somebody else up with them
0: right that's a very excellent note to end on with this whole conversation as far um, as what you're saying there so there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of pride of what you do but it also sounds like the underlying theme is um, don't forget your roots and also stay humble throughout the whole process too and just never forget that
1: yeah, exactly. When uh, I heard a, a chief master surgeon of the Air Force, Bob Gaylor, he, he was talking one time, and he talked about yeah. uh, his name on the mailbox. And the story was, you know, he's the top enlisted person in the Air Force, and his neighbor was asking him why he continued to do his own yard work and didn't play, pay somebody to do it. Sure, he said it's my name on the mailbox, so nobody else is gonna take as much care of his yard as what he would. So to have that pride to take care of your brand and uh, in that situation, his brand, which was his yard, but we all have a personal brand that's out there and we have to care and nurture that, take pride in it. Um, And then again, always remember where we came from.
0: Right, I totally agree with that statement. So again, big thanks for joining us here, Joe. Always remember to be kind to yourself and one another. And remember, if you don't have an invite to the table, make your own. This is Table Talk with Tara.